And in your money today, Carolyn Wright is speaking to one well-known local entrepreneur about his journey in the business world. Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning. In your money today, I'm joined by a local entrepreneur who's achieved success with a business that makes the most of a passion of his, and that's Hong Kong's unique culture and identity. He is Douglas Young, one of the founders of Goods of Desire. Founded in 1996, Goods of Desire has grown significantly from its humble origin as a small boutique in Apple Chow. Thanks for joining me, Douglas. Hi, Carolyn. Thanks for having me. Can I just clarify one thing? Sure. Uh, you, I, I'm not. I d- really don't consider myself as being s- successful. Really, honestly, really? I'm not. This is not false modesty because there's still so much work to do. My company is actually probably getting smaller and smaller <laughs> since COVID, so I'm still struggling. But I guess I'm just about sustainable, which maybe says something about doing business in Hong Kong. Well, that's got to have been one of the hardest things, surviving the pandemic. I am sure Amongst a, other things, a yes. lot of people out there can feel for your pain at the moment. I do feel that I'm fighting a lonely battle in Hong Kong, uh, trying to do a locally inspired brand, things that are designed in Hong Kong, manufactured locally. I don't think there are many people like me. Understandable, really, because it's not easy. There's a lot of headwind there. Tell me why it is so very important to you to work on this idea of preserving the heritage and culture and design of Hong Kong. I think I'm really passionate about it for personal reasons, because I'm somebody that's from Hong Kong, born in Hong Kong, raised in Hong Kong until the age of 14 when I was sent to the UK for boarding school. And I think I'm a bilingual, multicultural person. So... I really do recognize that Hong Kong is a very special place and it took me all that time in the UK to realize that. And I feel that a lot of this culture, this heritage that we have is being eroded on a daily basis by the onslaught of Western, well, internationalism. And I think it will be a terrible shame if we lose it and we, we can't pass it on to future generations. And it hasn't been easy. My mother keeps telling me, had I invested my money elsewhere on property or whatever, I would have been so much more comfortable than what I am today. But I bet you're a lot happier doing what you like to I would say I'm happy. I'm frustrated all the time. But I would say that I'm quite fulfilled. That is a good thing. And I think it's a really important point you brought up there, that sort of global homogeneity that, you know, you can walk down high streets in so many different places and they can look the same. Now, is there anywhere that you've travelled to recently that you think is kind of getting it right in terms of preserving that heritage? You mentioned, say, a trip Ah, recently that you had to me Ah, earlier. You've done your homework. (laughs) I actually came back from Singapore. I haven't been to Singapore for 10 years and I needed to go there for a business trip. And I wasn't looking forward to it because the last time I went, I was a little bit bored, but I was so pleasantly surprised. Mm -hmm. In fact, I was quite stunned, overwhelmed, in awe of what Singapore has done. Their new buildings, their new shopping malls, their new brands, their new hotels, their new restaurants, their newfound confidence. It's just stunning. The new airport with that attached shopping arcade is absolutely amazing that is worth the trip in itself it's called the duel on my way into town the taxi driver was telling me what i must see in singapore the size it was that kind of confidence is just really very rare i think the service staff from people in the working in the hotels the restaurant and being able to have a conversation about their lives about what they like about singapore It just shows how happy they are, I think. And this is something that I think we could learn from in Hong Kong. I don't know what they've done, but 
really we 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 need to study we need to study how they managed to 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 fuse modernity with culture and preserving their built heritage those shop houses and those heritage buildings and turning them into hotels and things we we've done something like that as well but not all the way down to that their level of detail in terms of the tenants the occupants that actually take up those spaces down to the service staff who have that sense of confidence to be able to just confidently introduce things in the menu all down to that detail let's get back to that idea <laughs> of supporting local artists and creatives and local artists yes. yeah 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 that, so that, i think it's not just about lo- supporting local artists cuz obviously we have talent we have hugely talented people in hong kong and i think god is fair to everybody there's no reason why hong kong people should be less talented than say people from london or new york but it's just the opportunities that exist are not evenly spread so we need to create good education system for the youngsters grooming them as well as offering them opportunity and opportunity doesn't just come from the government or the leaders or the property developers but from everyday citizens as well because say for myself operating a retail shop you need customers right so i think hong kong people need to support our own creative industries our own future generations our own talents because we need patrons as well so it's a complete ecosystem i think in the past it's been too much emphasis on say just the education or just say revitalizing old buildings building new museums but neglecting things like content or neglecting things like uh, marketing helping creative industry do their own marketing because they just don't have the marketing budget for example let's talk a little bit more about your business and sort of some of the things you're getting at there you're mentioning that it's been very difficult with the pandemic and obviously that's been a time when we haven't had international visitors in town how is your kind of custom split between local hong kongers and people who are purchasing from elsewhere for us it's almost like a 50-50 split because we are a brand that is inspired by hong kong and we do a lot of modern funky hong kong stuff based on hong kong heritage and there aren't many choices for visitors to hong kong for that kind of merchandise okay we have a large customer base there but also for local people as well i mean there are i i'm saying that hong kong people love western stuff but there are also those that like nostalgia as well and be reminded of their childhood as well as things that they want to show off when they go overseas so we also have local customer base i would say that our local customer base are very much people like myself who are half westernized hybrid kind of people culturally that understands both languages because a lot of my designs are based on puns you know yeah. of local yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I guess we our, our customers it's really difficult to just say we are this one type we are catering to those who completely understand what we're trying to do our attitude it's about an attitude as opposed to a price bracket for example now let's talk about your challenges as as an entrepreneur here what do you think would help your business to flourish much more than you, than it is maybe now into something even bigger I need to clarify two things mm-hmm. First of all, I don't want to be even bigger. Okay. Because I like the size. You like the size you are. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, yeah. When you're doing something creative, it's often more fun when it's smaller in scale because you can be more in control. You can do impulsive things. You can take risks. Hong Kong is somewhere you can't afford to fail when you take certain risks. <laughs> the second thing I'd like to clarify is that I consider myself hugely lucky and privileged. 
because of my family background, I'm able to fail and survive and pick myself up. This is not something that's available to everybody. So please don't take what I have done as an example of a road to success. It is not. I'm just incredibly lucky. Having said that, I have recently spoken to a, a young Hong Kong entrepreneur who's very local, who's not as privileged maybe as I am. I, I don't know. Anyway, doesn't come from a hugely wealthy background, put it this way. And he has done an amazing job growing his business since 2017 to what it is now, which is four or five times the size of my business by going local. It's called Tiny. They make model cars and model buildings and we call them dioramas of Hong Kong scenes. Uh -huh. So you can buy almost like a complete railway set and cityscape and people and buses and transports and everything in miniature Hong Kong. It's so Hong Kong that I don't think anybody outside of Hong Kong would understand what he's doing. But he's able to just sell to Hong Kong people. Now, everybody tells you that Hong Kong is such a small market, you can't possibly just have Hong Kong as your market. You must aim for the whole world. In fact, this is what his factories have told him too. Because when he first started, the factory says, if you want to make model cars, don't make Hong Kong police cars or Hong Kong star ferries or Hong Kong transport. You need to make Lamborghinis and Ferraris and Porsches because the whole world would buy that, would understand that. But this guy, he's a bit stubborn and he's only in his, at the time when he started, I believe late 20s. He decided to go completely local because that's what he likes. And it was a huge gamble for him and it paid off. I mean, he was telling me that some of these police cars or minivans, he sells like thousands of them a month. I don't sell anything that, by that kind of number, you know? And I was kind of shocked and I was very impressed. And like they say, you know, no risk, no glory, right? So I think in Hong Kong, if you still have a particular vision and if it's special and unique enough and you're willing to go for it, there is still that chance. It's been wonderful to talk to you, Douglas, and you've been so honest. I think that's so refreshing and, and great. So thank you so much for coming into the studio. That's Douglas Young from A Goods of Desire, one of the founders.